My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience, your 20-minute thrill ride for your commute or your workout. Well, sorry, climate alarmists. Tornadoes and hurricanes have not increased globally. Stop trying to promote your agenda on the backs of people killed in a horrific tornado. The highest inflation since 1982 is what we have right now, but hey, don't worry. Bloomberg reporting that the answer, just spend every penny of your paycheck and take out loans. Oh, great. Jesse Smollett, well, found guilty in his fake hate crime case, but Black Lives Matter still blames the police. Facebook admits to the court that their so-called fact checkers are really just protected opinions. Wait, what? And Biden tells a big double lie on Afghanistan. All that and more coming up in this edition of the Greg Nub Experience. Let's go. So we'll start with the horror in the Midwest, the South and the Midwest experiencing horrible tornadoes over the weekend. Death toll could top 100. And Biden and the left wasted no time in jumping on and saying it's all about global warming. Asked about whether these have to do with climate change. Quote, Biden, all I know is that the intensity of the weather across the board has some impacts as a consequence of the warming of the planet and climate change. The specific impact on these specific storms, I can't say at this point. Well, at least the second part of that was true. You you really can't say because just individual storms like this to try to tie that down to any type of global warming or climate change phenomenon would be virtually impossible. That's why it's climate, not weather. But then he goes on. I'm going to be asking the EPA and others to look at this. The fact is that we all know everything is more intense when the climate is warming. Everything. And obviously it has some impact here. Well, no, it's that's not true that everybody knows that. It's not true that it's a fact, because if you actually look at the real science, we've actually learned that that's not true. But before we get to that, it's not just Biden. FEMA administrator Deanne Criswell blames climate change for the tornado outbreak over the weekend. Quote, this is going to be our new normal. She was on CNN Sunday. The effects we are seeing of climate change are the crisis of our generation. Really? Well, no, not really. We go to Science Under Attack is the website. Um, Ralph P. Alex is the retired uh, physicist and science writer. He has a PhD in physics from the University of Oxford. And he points out, look, we're being told this is all science, but it's pseudoscience. If you look at the details of how it's being manipulated politically for an agenda. And he points it out by giving you footnotes and giving you the actual studies. And I highly recommend it. So he's saying, okay, look, over the last 30 years, storms, hurricanes, Only 13 became actual hurricanes, including six major hurricanes. The record annual highs are 15 hurricanes recorded in 2005 and eight major hurricanes in 1950. Hurricanes in the Atlantic Basin, which has the best quality data available in the world, do show heightened activity over the last 20 years. However, the scientists who work at NOAA and several universities say these increases are natural variability And enhanced evaporation from warming oceans provides more fuel for hurricanes. But recent numbers, recent numbers have been artificially boosted by a big improvement in what? Our ability to actually detect the hurricanes. Satellite coverage didn't even come into play until the 60s. 
Global warming cannot be the explanation because the Earth was cooling during the previous period of increased activity, which was the 50s and the 60s. But see, prior to that time, most of the data we had on the hurricane and hurricane frequency was based on eyewitness accounts, people reporting it from the land and the sea. And the big ones that hit land, well, of course, it had to be eyewitness ones, but the ones that that were out there in the ocean and never hit anything weren't being counted. Hmm. So what did they do? The researchers examined the eyewitness records that were preserved by NOAA workers and calculated the ratio of Atlantic hurricanes that did not come ashore to those that did, both in the modern era and in the past. And what did they find? Well, in the U.S., the past decade was the second quietest for landfalling hurricanes and landfalling major hurricanes since... The 1850s, Hurricane Ida was the first major U.S. landfalling hurricane this year. Now, how about tornadoes? Greg, it's about tornadoes. It's not about hurricanes. Why are you trying to change the message? Well, I'm just trying to say because people talk about extreme weather, right? Okay, tornadoes. They occur predominantly in the U.S. They've been less violent, less violent, and fewer in number. Yes, fewer in number than average so far in 2021. That would include what happened over the weekend. Up to the end of August, 958 tornadoes have been reported by NOAA's Storm Prediction Center in 2021. 740 have been confirmed. Those numbers compared with January to August average, the average is 1,035 confirmed. The yearly average is 1,253. We are well under that. And the annual incidence of all tornadoes in the U.S. show no meaningful trend from 1950 to 2020. Now, there was warming and cooling during that time. The number of strong tornadoes, EF3 or greater, including things like this weekend, has actually declined dramatically over the last half century. The average number of strong tornadoes annually from 1986 to 2017, it's the last years they have all the details for, 40% less than from 1954 to 1985. And in May this year, there was not a single strong tornado for the first time since record-keeping began in 1950. So the so-called facts that FEMA's talking about and that Joe Biden is talking about, the facts are we have seen a decrease, not an increase, in the number and strength of the tornadoes and the hurricanes. Now, I don't know if that will change over time. Who knows? But the idea that they're trying to push right now that because there was a big tornado means that climate change was responsible for it and that people like me that are telling you the facts on this, that we're making it up, we actually have the facts on our side. Man. Oh, I want to remind you, if you're enjoying the show and you want to get this information out to more people so that they're not just buying what the mainstream media is selling them, then please tell three friends to tell three friends about the show. Subscribe to the podcast. Give it a good review. Tell three friends about it and ask them to tell three friends. And like my Facebook page. It's the Greg Knapp Experience Facebook page. So we can get this movement really going and spread the word. I try to do this for you real quick, 20 to 30 minutes. I know there's a lot of information out there. and I want to help you get through it and get some good things to talk about to your friends during the day. Okay, so the inflation is up there. Wall Street Journal reporting, I'm sure you've seen it, 6.8% increase over the last 12 months in inflation. And it's worse than that because the consumer price index, they keep changing what's in it. If they kept it the way it was, we'd be like at 18% inflation, like if they kept it the way it was over the last 40 years. But they keep changing it to try to make it look better, right? But all you got to do really is, is just look at your own budget and look at how much you spent last year, this month, 
for living. You know, everything you need to live, food, clothing, shelter, gas, energy, on and on and on, right? You add all that up and tell me that it's more than 6.8% this year than last year. Oh, you bet it is. Oh, yeah, and don't forget housing costs. Uh-huh. So Biden is contributing this to, well, there's just a lot of high car and energy prices. You take that out, everything's fine. Because, of course, you know, you don't need a car or gas or energy to live, right? Well, the price increases are actually broad-based. Meat prices up 16% over the year. Furniture, 11.8%. Clothing, 5%. Even the so-called core index that leaves out food and energy prices up 4.9%. And why would you leave out food and energy prices? You need these things to live. Democrats say, oh, oh uh, back in the spring when it first started, oh, it's transitory. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, uh, juice car prices. Oh, they're going to come down soon. They're up 31.4% for the year. 2.5% in November. Many business executives say they're going to have to raise prices more next year because they got to pay more for the labor and materials. Well, they they can afford to just suck that up, man. An extra, you know, just because we're paying $15 minimum wage now. What are you talking about? Soaring housing costs are really big. Real estate sites are reporting double-digit increases in rent and housing prices exceeding 20% in many Sun Belt metro areas. Well, average hourly earnings, though, Greg, they're up, so that's helping people. They're, well, average hourly earnings after inflation for all employees, down 0.4% for the year in November. I'm sorry, they're down 0.4% in November. They're down 2.7% over the year. That's when you adjust everything. So it means you're actually making less even though you got a raise. Isn't that nice? And of course, that hurts the low income the most because they have less margin and they spend more on their basic needs. Budget implications. How about this? The U.S. is going to spend $5.9 trillion in fiscal 2022. Now, when you have inflation, entitlements get an automatic inflation increase. And the rest of the budget is adjusted under what they call a current services baseline. Once again, includes inflation. So you factor in 6.8% inflation. And we're going to have to increase our spending $400 billion, even if we don't pass the new multi-trillion dollar so-called Build Back Better bill. Now, we already told you that the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget estimated that bill is really $4.7 trillion because all the temporary stuff they use with phase-outs to make it look like it's cheaper than it is, you know those things aren't going to phase out. Government programs don't phase out. $4.7 trillion. So how do we get inflation? Democratic spending spurring a surge of demand at the time supply was constricted by the pandemic, labor shortages caused by government incentives not to work. Add all that up, it's a pretty good recipe for inflation. And now throw in the extra spending from the big bill the Democrats want with extra taxes and extra regulation. Just can't figure out why that would be a problem. Great. Hope Manchin can stay strong and say no. Bloomberg, though, as I say, Bloomberg has some great advice on this on this inflation problem. It came out Saturday. The name of the article is For Americans Shocked by Inflation. Argentines have some advice. Argentines? Who's that? You know, people from Argentina. Oh, OK. Oh, wait, Argentina? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to take our economic advice from Argentina. It was written by Bloomberg reporters Patrick Gillespie and Ignacio Rivera Dole. And here's what they say. In a high inflation economy. Money that sits in the bank is losing value. Each day, those $100 on deposit buy a little bit less. As a result, many Argentines spend their paychecks as soon as they receive them, carting away weeks' worth of groceries in a single shopping trip. 
even if some of it, excess meat, chicken, fish, will sit in the freezer for months. <laughs> See, you spend everything you make, every single penny, buy as much stuff as you can, a lot of you know expensive food, and just put it in the freezer because you know it'll last forever and taste great as soon as you pull it out. And and hey, is it better than having your money just go to waste in the, in the bank? They have even more for you. And don't hesitate to borrow money to finance some of those big purchases. Yeah, I mean, you got to take out a big loan to buy a used car now. If you can get a loan at a rate below inflation, something that's possible for many Americans today, go for it. Inflation will make it easier to repay the loan in coming months and years. <laughs> See? Oh, that's just great. I mean, that just makes perfect sense. You're having trouble making ends meet. Spend everything you've got. Take out loans. It's going to be awesome. Meanwhile, the Jesse Smollett case is finally over. Jesse Smollett found guilty on five of six counts promoting his fake hate crime and lying to police. And, you know, this is the thing where you just know that people are pushing their agenda because the second this came out, anybody with a brain knew that this wasn't true. Smollett claiming that he went out at 2 a.m. on one of the coldest nights in Chicago for the year. Empty streets, very liberal Chicago. He goes out to get a Subway sandwich, and just out of the blue, there happened to be two white dudes with masks on carrying bleach and rope to attack him and give him racial slurs, um, sexual slurs, and say this is MAGA country. Smollett ends up back at his apartment, still holding the sandwich, and by the time the police arrive, because he waited so long to get them, he still has a noose around his neck. Now, the average thinking person is thinking to himself, self, something doesn't smell too good right now, and I don't think it's a Subway sandwich. So it took a while, but they finally got it all done, and they realized that this guy was lying. So here comes Black Lives Matter. A statement from Dr. Melina Abdullah, director of BLM Grassroots and co-founder of BLM Los Angeles. As abolitionists, we approach situations of injustice with love and align ourselves with our community because we got us. So let's be clear. We love everybody in our community. It's not about a trial or a verdict deciding a white supremacist charade. It's about how we treat our community when corrupt systems are working to devalue their lives. Wait a second. Didn't, isn't this the reason this trial is there because he lied about a hate crime and made Chicago police waste all this time and money and effort when there was real crime going on and makes it, you know, so that people won't believe the hate crime next that really is a hate crime because the guy's lying about it and is dividing us over something that actually didn't happen? No, 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 no. It's all about a white supremacist charade. Back to the BLM movement. In an abolitionist society, they mean abolish the police. This trial would not be taking place and our communities would not have to fight and suffer to prove our worth. Prove your worth? Dude's lying. Instead, we find ourselves once again being forced to put our lives and our value in the hands of judges and juries operating a system that is designed to oppress us while continuing to face a corrupt and violent police department, which has proven time and again to have no respect for our lives. In our commitment to abolition, we can never believe police. You get that? Never believe police. Policing at large is an irredeemable institution. Police lie, and Chicago police lie especially. Black Lives Matter will continue to work towards the abolition of police. So when, when people say, well, they don't really mean defund the police. They don't really mean abolish the police. They don't really mean that all cops are bastards. They don't really mean that all cops lie. They don't really mean that it doesn't matter if somebody black commits a crime. Uh, you know, that, that that doesn't matter. It's, it's all about the white supremacist system. And therefore, we can never believe that any black person has committed a crime. And we can't believe that's what they mean. That's what black 
Lives Matter means. It is total crazy cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs bozo nonsense. Your skin color is not the factor of whether you committed a crime or not. The fact of what you did determines whether you committed a crime or not. These these people at BLM, they don't want to debate this. They don't want to hear the facts of the Jesse Smollett case. They don't care about the facts. All they care about is their agenda. John Sexton, great, great piece on this over at Hot Air, says, look, the media spent years downplaying the extremism of Black Lives Matter. Here's a couple of questions. Is it true? The national organization was founded and continues to be run by Marxists who are fans of Mao's Little Red Book? Yes. And Patrice Cullors will tell you so in her own words. I've played you that audio before where she just admits it. Is she also a hypocrite buying up multiple houses? <laughs> yes, she is in very hoity-toity millionaire neighborhoods. Well, but when it was pointed out, of course, uh, the press said it was just horrible for people to point that out. Black Lives Matter put something on their homepage about disrupting the nuclear family, did they? Yes, they did. And it went unnoticed by most of the mainstream media even after they pulled it down because people like me were pointing it out. Dr. Melina Abdullah, we talked about her before. This isn't the first time she talked about how much she dislikes police. There was a discussion hosted by the Washington Post in 2018. She said she would never agree to engage in a public conversation with a police officer. Right? Not even, not even engage in a public conversation. She said this. My goal is not to make kinder slave catchers, referring to the police. I live for the day when policing is gone and they can all be retrained for something else. Here's what she tweeted out during the Smollett case. This is the BLM leader in L.A. As they move into closing arguments in the Justice Smollett trial, we must courageously love and protect one another and always remember, the police lie. We love you, Jesse. Again, the at Jesse Smollett trial is underway in Chicago. Let me ask why the F they're spending tax dollars to prosecute this BS. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because he divided this nation even more. It was an international story that made it look like Chicago was some kind of racist place. You uh, attacked people who you claimed were supporters of Donald Trump and made it seem like they were all racist. You made up a horrible racist attack with awful ramifications, wasted the police officer's time when they could have been solving real crimes and protecting people from being shot in Chicago, and you really got to ask us why they're prosecuting it? Dr. Melina Abdullah from BLM continued in her Twitter rant, let me add, I will never take the word of lying a corrupt as F Chicago PD before that of our brother. So she didn't care what the evidence showed. She didn't care what the trial showed. For her, police always wrong, black person always right. That kind of sounds racist. Facebook, meanwhile, is asserting in a court filing that their so-called fact checks that they get from third-party organizations and use to remove people or content from their platform Eh, they're really not fact checks. They're protected opinions. What? Well, see, what happened was they got sued by John Stossel. You know, the libertarian pundit. He said one of Facebook's fact checks defamed him and was misleading. So he said, hey, you're going to call it a fact check and it's wrong and you're hurting me. I get to sue you for libel. So what happened? Well, in court, 
They're saying, well, our third-party fact checks are just protected opinions. See, if it's an opinion, you can't be sued for it. If you claim it's a fact, you can be sued for it. So wait a second. So Facebook's really kind of screwed here now, aren't they? Because if they win in court and the court goes, you're right, it's just an opinion, then you can't call it a fact check anymore, can you? And aren't you just admitting to everybody that you lied when you called them fact checks? And then if the court says, no, you call it a fact check, then it's a fact check and your fact check is wrong, you can be sued, then Facebook is getting ready to pay out some money. And John Stossel might be even richer than he is right now. Interesting, isn't it? Let me take you to Europe. Did you know in Europe they're trying to ban the word Christmas? Greg, that's not true. This war on Christmas stuff is made up by crazy right-wing pundits like you. All right, listen, man, I'm not making this stuff up. Bethany Blankley reporting. The European Union Commission for Equality recently published a guidance recommending that officials not use language that might be offensive to minorities. Several of the proposed banned words include Christmas, Christianity. They were recommended to be eliminated ahead of the Christmas season. They're going to eliminate Christmas and Christians? No, no, the words Christmas and Christianity. They're not eliminating the things, right? I mean, after all, I mean, that would just be crazy. The commission said it was working on a revised version of the guidelines because people got upset. So Pope Francis has joined the fray and said this. In history, many, many dictatorships have tried to do this kind of thing. Think of Napoleon. Think of the Nazi dictatorship, the communist one. It is something that throughout history hasn't worked. What do you mean? They've never tried to do this before. Under communism, Santa, St. Nicholas, was replaced with Did Moroz. Grandfather Frost, the Stalinist version of Santa, still wore the red hat and had a long white beard, but delivered gifts to children on New Year's Eve, not Christmas Eve. Christmas trees mostly banned under communist rule, but you could have a New Year's tree. Communism sought to eliminate the traditions that we celebrate as a religious holiday by secularizing them as a New Year's celebration. So over the past 40 years in Poland, they witnessed their loved ones disappearing, experienced death threats this is over the 40 years of communism, sorry, uh, were imprisoned for months or years, survived food shortages, and fought feelings of hopelessness and the sense that they were prisoners in their own homes. And that's what the Pope was referring to and the Pope before him had referred to as well. They're trying to make you stop saying words in Europe. I mean, think about that. Stop officials from saying words because it might offend some people. And not, you know, not like mean, evil words, words of a religious holiday. Isn't that the heckler's veto? Isn't that where a minority gets to tell a majority or a majority gets to tell a minority you can't say certain words because it hurts my feelings? No, no. What's happening in Europe? At least they're pushing back on it. And finally, during an interview with CBS News correspondent Rita Braver, President Biden brought up Afghanistan. And he had some very interesting claims. He had a couple lies. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I'm tired of this whole, well, he shaded the truth. Well, he exaggerated. Well, no, no, he lied. Here's what he said. Afghanistan. Well, I've been against that war in Afghanistan from the very beginning. Okay, no, you weren't. At the time that we decided to go to war with Afghanistan, you were a senator from Delaware. You joined in a unanimous vote. It was the 2001 authorization of military force. And it was against, quote, nations, organizations or persons determined to have helped perpetuate the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks. And if you're old enough, you remember 
that that was about going to war in Afghanistan and potentially Iraq. Everyone knew the first place we were going was Afghanistan. Absolutely. And he voted as part of a unanimous vote in support of that. So no, you weren't against the war in Afghanistan from the very beginning. Then he goes on. Everybody says you could have gotten out without anybody getting hurt. No one's come up with a way to indicate to me how that happens. Okay, no one said you can get out of Afghanistan without anyone being hurt. Nope, not what we said. What we said was you needed to have a way better plan by getting all of the Americans out first and having a way to then get our equipment and our people out. Nobody suggested that you could do it without getting anybody hurt. And what people are also upset about is you broke your promise not to leave Americans behind. Man. But remember, Trump had mean tweets. My name's Greg Knapp. This is the Greg Knapp Experience.